Welcome to the Thriving Forward podcast. Now to introduce your hosts. Hi, I'm Megan Laspinera. I'm the founder and executive director of Kids Thrive 585 Inc. and a pediatrician in Rochester, New York. And I'm Sarah Collins McGowan. I'm also a pediatrician here in Rochester, and I teach community health and advocacy to pediatric residents. In each episode, we will speak with people involved in good works and projects in the greater Rochester area. We hope that by introducing you to these inspirational people and their stories, you will be motivated to learn more about these amazing organizations in our region and the fabulous people who keep them working. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Amanda Gazigan. She is the program manager for Ronald McDonald House Charities of Rochester, New York. She has a Bachelor's of Science in Business Management and Human Resources from St. John Fisher University. Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we like to start people out with an icebreaker question about something that you're into lately. I am into lately. Well, I've got some soup on the on the uh, on the stove right now, and I'm making matzo ball soup. So we'll see how that goes because I've never made it before. Um, but just cooking in general, and I've been trying to do some more like fiction reading, which I never used to do, and now I'm just getting into storytelling a little bit more, which is fun. So those are all super fun things. Mm-hmm. And feel very um, like wintry appropriate. Winter appropriate, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm getting my master's right now in social work, and so when I have breaks or when I have time to read and do something, put my energy towards something that isn't school, it's very helpful, I think, for the break. So, yeah. I feel like there was a solid decade that I did no pleasure reading because I was just reading for school. So I super appreciate that you're taking the time to read while you're in school. Yeah, definitely. So what can you tell us about the Ronald McDonald House, Ronald McDonald House Charities, and your role uh, locally with those programs? Sure. So the Ronald McDonald House is an organization that is, it's quite large. We have over 300 chapters throughout the globe. um, And every Every house is different. You know, I think what's really cool about our organization in terms of nonprofits is each chapter is its own independent 501. So um, we function on our own budget here. We manage our own programs. We have good relationships with our global contacts and partners, but we have the autonomy to be able to do things in our community that are specific to our community, which is great. Um, our chapters here are pretty unique because we have a large house um, overlocated near Strong Memorial Hospital. It's a 24-bedroom facility, and it's, you know, we've done some great renovations to it in the last few years, and we've had it since, I think, 1990 was the year it was established. Um, and we also have a program inside of Strong Memorial Hospital with seven bedrooms, and that's actually the program I manage. Um, and... In most locations, uh, most cities, they don't have more than one house. What we basically look at is acuity for our population. So kids that are coming in with cardiac and trauma diagnoses typically stay with us in the hospital um, because they can be steps away from their child. Um, we're located in the main tower. And the, obviously, the children's tower is on the other side of the hospital, but it's less than a five-minute walk. So when you're in those situations where it's extremely high intensity and you want to be with your kid as many hours a day as possible, um, you can just come back for a nap, come back for dinner, and we have food and we have resources available. Um, and we just try to provide emotional support. 
support to the parents because oftentimes, you know, they're doing so much lifting in terms of their emotional output for their child, for their family members who are concerned. Um, so we really just try to work with social work to provide what we can for them um, when they're in this kind of very high time of need. And then you guys also have a location over at Unity Hospital now. We do. We do. So we have um, a family room and a two-bedroom um, facility inside of Unity, which is great. And we're working on growing that program as well. Uh, we're also working on growing a program inside of our GH. We've got a couple things working in the community, which is great because we really want to be present everywhere that we can. Um, I manage a few other programs with I within Strong Hospital. So we have a family room that's on the first floor of the Golisano Children's Tower. It's open nine to five, Monday through Friday, and basically it's a respite space for families who may be local and don't necessarily need a place to stay, but they want to come down and grab a cup of coffee and be away from the beeping and just the intensity of the environment. Um, and then we also have a program on AC6. It's pediatric outpatient where we hand out snacks to the kids that are coming in for appointments. Um, we have a final program down in the mental health and wellness lounge. And that program we started, it was the first one that's been at, done in the country for Ronald McDonald House specific to um, children with psychiatric diagnoses. So that room right now is currently closed, but we're going to be working on turning it into the same family room structure, uh, nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then hopefully eventually expand the hours. There's a really exciting program um, that's going to be happening soon for pediatric um, services, outpatient mental health walk-in clinic. Um, and so we're working with the... Um, Dr. Scharf and the community within the psychiatric part of the hospital in order to help grow that program as well, because that's hugely, hugely important. And um, that program has a ton of potential. So that's kind of my where my focus is going to shift to this year. Um, so I'm really excited about that, too. So from a model where the Ronald McDonald House is a place for sleeping and respite to what we have locally, which sounds like so many more touch points and opportunities for people to both have a place to stay, but also to step away. Um, mm -hmm. What is it about Rochester that makes it different here or has it gives us that sort of more expansive view? You know, I think what I think it really speaks to is the, the leadership that we have in this community. We have really great partners with um, the hospitals. We work so closely with Everybody in, especially because over 90% of our patients come from Strong Memorial Hospital, we work very, very closely with the group of social workers there and also with um, the executive staff. And I think they are very aware that our programs and services provide something to people that um, helps with their overall health care. You know, during COVID, we had closed um, our programs for a few months. We closed the major houses for three months. And during that time, we worked to place families in hotels locally. We got a grant to be able to support putting them up so that they weren't um, put out. And we found out that so many people were still sleeping in their cars in the parking garage and just didn't have anywhere to go. And we would hear time and time again from social work once we reopened how grateful they were and how appreciative they were of us 
being back again. Um, and I think they recognize that, you know, that's, that's massively important to the child's, um, just the care that's being taken too. Um, we also, you know, we do our best to provide and work with the hospital on providing meals to families who come in and, you know, the, when we're seeing food insecurity, just to be able to extend that even if they're not staying or using other programs. So I think the biggest thing is that Rochester is such an interesting community where people are so forward thinking about help and support of um, just taking care of kids. And I think it's it's a great it's a great city to work at this job in for sure. So you said you're getting your master's degree in social work. Are you, what is your, what's your plan with that? Are you hoping to sort of change your lens within the Ronald McDonald house charities? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. I can't really ever see myself. Like, I feel like I'm always going to be involved with Ronald McDonald house. It's so close to my heart. I would never in a million years have thought I would have ended up working here. And now I can't imagine not. Um, but I, you know, in kind of just, I'm just in my first year, but in learning, I have thought a great deal about just therapy for kids and doing more with families and rehabilitation of kids that have gone through significant trauma, because we see a lot of that, obviously, when they're dealing with these very heavy medical diagnoses. Um, one of the first kids I ever bonded with at the house when I, I used to manage the Westmoreland house prior to COVID. And I got very close to this specific case of a child who actually wasn't sick, but it turned out she was abused by a family member. And so we were making special circumstances for her. And at that time, I, you know, I looked at the Ronald McDonald house as more of a stepping stone or a job. And I just, as soon as I bonded with this child, it became a totally different thing. And I just treated work in a different space than I ever had before. So because of her and a million other reasons, I could totally see myself going into potentially therapy or um, sort of that type of field with kids with um, heavy trauma in their past. What advice do you have for someone who's interested in pursuing similar work, whether it be through Ronald McDonald House or somebody who's interested in doing trauma support for kids? I mean, kids are so resilient. I think that's one thing that I've seen time and time again. You know, in our facility at Westmoreland, the kids actually stay there, whereas with the hospital where I'm at now, we only have adults because we keep that facility a little bit quieter. Um so I think the biggest thing is like, and what I feel like I've been learning too is just like give them the space and the credit because they are so powerful and they're right and they are so special and just being really good at listening. Um, one thing I feel like I, I keep thinking about is how perspective is so different from person to person, even with a, in a family system and even within our organization. And so I've been so much more mindful um, of just trying to approach every single person as their own specific. They have their own story. They have their own reasons why they do the things that they do. And we um, really want to value all of those stories and treat everyone um, as best we can. So I think just listening is is the biggest thing that I would say is important. 
And in, at a time when there's so much contention in the world, listening is often the thing that we're missing. Always. It always is. And it's so hard because it's, you know, you, you look at these really high stress situations and you think about everyone wants to feel heard and validated. And that's so important. And how can, you know, I, I'm always thinking about this when I'm there is when I'm working with the staff there is how can we be more mindful of everyone's shared perspective and different perspectives. And yeah, to your point, like it is such a contentious time. And I think if people took took a moment to pause and recognize other people's um, needs and stories, it would be, you know, it would just be a different space we would be existing in. You've talked a little bit about community partners for Ronald McDonald House. Um, so the, the hospital systems locally, what other organizations do you guys work with? So we've done a bit of work with, um, we work with step-by-step a little bit. We work with Hillside, um, you know, Cure Childhood Cancer. We've done a little bit of work with, we try to be kind of complementary to other locations if we can, if they're not, if there's a need that we can um, provide or if we can direct our families toward other organizations. And we're always open to partnerships and things like that. Um, you know, we took a, we took a significant break from our community engagement fundraising efforts just by way of during the pandemic, people weren't gathering. And so we didn't get into the community as much as I think we would have liked to. And so last year we, um, kicked back off our, annual gala, which was great because then we got to see a lot of these community partners in person, which I think is really important as well. I feel like right now in this early 2023, there's this tug of war between um, the convenience that we have all grown accustomed to with video conferencing and the flexibility that that allows for. But then there's also this pull of people wanting to get back in person and have that like physical presence piece with things. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because we just, our leadership team met in person for the first time last week. And it's more difficult for me to get over to the house as I'm in the hospital most of the time. And so when our team met and everyone was actually there, no one, there were no compete, nobody was on Zoom. And the organic nature of the conversation and things we were able to share and give perspective on was so much it was it was such a moment of pause because I was like, oh, these are conversations that you just don't naturally have over Zoom. And I, I do think the convenience is great and I, it helps me to be closer because I'm in a different location. But it's also it's so needed to be able to sit down and provide feedback that you wouldn't be inclined to do on a call or on a Zoom because there's kind of the rotation of speaking and um, it's just different. And I think the the in-person is really important. Is there another community-based organization that you feel like you uh, want to highlight or mention that you feel like doesn't get enough uh, enough airtime? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I will say, like, I have a very strong pull towards really local organizations. I worked for the American Cancer Society for a while. I was in fundraising um, for about four years, and I enjoyed that job, and I enjoyed kind of the path that it got me on. Um, 
But I think that there's a lot of really small touch organizations that are doing a lot of good things. I have a friend who works for Education for Success Foundation. I think there's a lot with education and with students in the city that we do that need more support. Um, and, you know, like I said, those small local organizations, they just need so much more noise and they need more voice. And um, so I think, yeah, highlighting those is important. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, learn more about you, learn more about Ronald McDonald House, where should they go? Yeah, so they can honestly go directly to our website. You know, we have a pretty good social media presence. Um, like I said, we're we're really kicking up our community engagement this year. We're going to be having a gala and a radiothon, which we had again last year, which is super, super fun. And they do a great job. And we always... Um, it's a great time for us to gather and just be a team. And so, yeah, our website, our Facebook is great. And, you know, anyone in our organization is happy to, I actually just gave a tour last week to a couple of board members. So we're always looking for people to get into our spaces and check it out. I think it's really hard to understand what a Ronald McDonald house does and provides until you're standing in one and you're seeing let's say volunteer group making a meal in the kitchen to put out for families who are coming back from eight hours of their child being in treatment. Um, it's really hard to understand how those things are impactful until you can see the space and take a minute to just come tours. So I would encourage anybody, we are always happy to give tours or, um, you know, share volunteering opportunities as well. And the thing that we like to finish with is what is your favorite thing about Rochester? Oh, my favorite thing. I just love the city. Like I've lived in in the city for 10 plus years and I love how things are walkable and I love how things are local and they feel really close to you. I grew up in Syracuse and I love Syracuse as well, but I think there's just something about Rochester that feels very... I don't know. It's just, it's so homey to me. And I love the ability to just walk out and go out to eat and be close to family and get places quickly. It's just, I think it's a very special community. That's awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thriving Forward podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Kids Thrive 585 Inc., the Huckelman Center at the University of Rochester and Rochester Regional Health. To learn more about today's guest, head over to kidsthrive585.org and click on the podcast link. See you next time. The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their employers or funders.